three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. Hope you guys are having a great uh, week so far. And, alright guys, it's going to get a little emotional here. I uh, <laughs> I am reviewing uh, the new Netflix film, uh, A Secret Love, which is directed by uh, Chris Bolin, who... Um, is a actor, writer, um, uh, acting credits including uh, Beyond Human Limits, which was a TV movie. He was on uh, Billions, which I've heard is actually really great. I have not gotten around to it yet. Um, but this is the first film he helped write. Uh, well, I mean, it's a documentary, but he helped write this. And he was the director on it. And I've got to say, if this is his floor moving forward, we could be witnessing a guy who is next level great if he can keep up this sort of momentum. Uh, So this movie uh, starts off uh, in 1947, or it's based on a love from 1947. Uh, Pat uh, Pat, uh, Hinchel and uh, Terry Donahue. Um who made each other in 1947. What's so incredible about this movie is that it gives you almost a history lesson while going ahead and telling you this truly beautiful love story. Uh, so when they met in 1947, they had they were of course um, before the big uh, before the big women's movement, and you know during World War II. And what I found so interesting about this movie is that. Pat and Terry love each other throughout all this time, and their love really has transcended, you know, all these different historical uh, changes, uh, landmarks, um, historical moments, but also transcends what was acceptable back then. And, you know, speaking as a person of color, I always look back on the 60s, I mean, as, of course, grateful for the sense that we while we have a long way to go, that the revolution started somewhere and that people, you know, rose up and stood up for each other. You know, the women's movement taking place in that same, uh, in that same time. But I almost think there is a, sorry, I I don't think, I know, there is a, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this, because we're getting, we're getting into the deep water on this, guys. Uh, (laughs) I think there's almost a a movement of people to fetish uh, fetish fetishize um, the LGBTQ movement in the sense of we see it in movies, we're seeing it in games more, we're seeing it represented more in music, but there are times where it feels more like a cash grab and less about the true sincerity of representing the uh representing members of that community i was so happy to watch this and never feel like this was being done like that this just felt like a genuine love story if this was this is a maybe the best romantic comedy (laughs) 
that's ever been made. Because the thing about this documentary too is it's funny. It uh, even though it's dealing with really not ideal and not always comfortable subject matter, it does have a humor to it. Uh, Diana, uh, is, uh, there's a woman named Diana in this movie who is uh, uh, aunt uh, who is related to Aunt Terry, uh, and I loved her. Uh, aunt Terry says that she's uh, she's a daughter that she never had. Uh, Diana says of Terry, she sent me to university. She's the one who uh, uh, who I heard, uh, you know, who I heard from the most, and that. You know, uh, she told me to be a teacher when no one else was telling me to be a teacher. She heard me and how she, you know, her life is because of Aunt Terry. And it really speaks to just how good of a person Terry is. What I love about this movie is that it deals with the shock of uh, Terry and Pat's families uh, finding out that they've been hiding this secret love for all this time. Um, Diana only found out three years ago, and they talk about in this documentary, Terry and Pat have been together 65 and a half years, which is so fucking insane to think about how long that is, to love someone that deeply for so long. Um, Kim, uh, who is, uh, uh, Diana's brother and, uh, Terry's nephew, uh, Diana's dad, well, their dad, uh, Tom, used to say that Terry needed to get fucked by a big black guy, uh, set her straight, and he would say this sober and not drunk. And I remember from that line on, the movie really does a good job letting you know this is going to get dark at points. And so if you can't handle that, you're not going to really be able to handle, uh, you know, what continues uh, to build as, as the documentary moves forward. Um it's really interesting to hear about the family aspect because Terry, uh, Terry's mom died and she even said that my mom wouldn't have understood. She would have disowned me. But then she immediately, you know, you, this camera like zooms in on her and you see her just looking so uh, sad and downtrodden because who wouldn't feel shitty knowing that their parent would disown them for a choice that they're making, which you should not be punished for, by the way. Um, but then she immediately goes, segues right into talking about her dad. And her dad was her biggest supporter and told her to fight, told her how to be strong. And the documentary keeps kind of, not even winning you back, but it keeps kind of rubber banding you like in that way. Where you'll feel this moment of, oh my god, our world sucks. Why can these women, you know, bend the way they are now back in the 40s? You know, you feel that anger, but then it immediately wins you back and gives you this funny anecdote from Pat or Terry, or you see them arguing like uh, an old married, uh, an old married couple, and it's it's so endearing at points, but it just rips your heart out uh, in in the next moment. Terry even talks about how her dad obviously never knew that she was uh, that she was a lesbian, but that uh, she always under felt that he knew, and that. Uh, I guess her dad even said that I would rather have you married to her than to someone who'd mistreats you, uh, who'd mistreat you. And I'd like to say that was at the 10 minute mark because I made sure to timestamp that. That was 10 minutes in and I went, oh my God, if I could just spread this to all of my close-minded Christian friends, it would, <laughs> it would save me so much time and so many Facebook posts. <laughs> like I, 
that is a true encompassing of this documentary right there. Like, why would why would you want to be married to someone who mistreats you? Why can't you just be happy for the person? Like, that just that's such a beautiful simplification down of all these arguments that um, I feel like people have. Um, I want to say it's Diane. No, no, it's um. I want to say it's yeah. It should be uh, Diana's sister. Um, she's a ho. Oh, she's a she's a battle axe. I did not like her at all. I, I don't have her name written down here because there are quite a few people here in the documentary that kind of come in and out. But she in particular, she was like, I'm not against it. But she kept using the term living in sin. And I, by the way, so <laughs> some of this is going to be ranting. Shocking, I know. But that is something that irks the shit out of me. Because when people use the term living in sin, they're 99% of the time, it feels like they're talking about gay marriage. Or being gay. Or experimenting sexually. And that drives me up the fucking wall. Because you never hear that term used for, oh, you know, I'm... I don't know, smoking meth every day. Oh, you're not, you're living in sin. You never hear that. It's always about gay people. Like, I, mm, anyways, but I, 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 that, yeah. So even when she ends up kind of coming around near the end and being more supportive, I was still going. You kept using that term. Yeah, fuck you. Uh, there is this great scene because I didn't even know this going into the documentary. I saw this trailer on YouTube and I'm really happy I did because I told, uh, I told my girlfriend, Alea, I went, we're watching this tonight. And when I say we watched it and we ugly cried, we ugly cried. Like, I cried, who, I'm trying to, I, I was in-game crying. I was crying, like, so hard. I was sitting there going, oh my god, how is this movie so perfect? And oh my god, like, I, I was weeping. Like, really, truly, heart being on my chest, weeping at multiple points in this movie for just how beautiful it was. Uh, Terry, which is so cool, I had no idea, she was one of the, uh, the inspirations for League of Their Own, she was one of the, uh, she was a very great, uh, player, she played for the, um, oh gosh, I have it here, she played for the, uh, thank you, <laughs> just hear my girlfriend randomly yelling out there, uh, yeah, she played for Pure Red Wings, and during World War II, and she's part of their inaugural uh, roster. And this is one of the points where I teared up. Uh, Terry told her dad that her dream was to, to play baseball and get paid for it, and she did because she played for she played for four years. And I remember just going, "Oh my God, that that just that warms my heart in such a way I was not expecting." And there's a scene where uh, Terry and uh, uh, or, uh, Terry and Pat go up to this uh, this really tall building, like the skyscraper in Chicago, this office building. I want to say it's the uh, the women's the women's like baseball league. I want to say it's the Hall of Fame that they're at. And they're talking about how, you know, the city's grown and how they used to live at, uh, next to this one church for 21 years and how small Chicago was and how it's ballooned up. And it really puts in perspective just... I mean, how much we've grown as a country. Again, we still have a long way to go, but it, it does show that while it feels like we're moving, you know, very slowly, and we are, we are still moving forward. And it was very kind of a hopeful thing to see that something so small has gone ahead and, you know, uh, risen up, not just, you know, 
uh, as far as the city itself, but even culturally. That I found that very inspiring, the way they're able to tie that in. Um, what I did not find inspiring is they talk about... Now, uh, I haven't mentioned this too often, but I'm a huge psychology nerd. I love finding out what makes people tick and breaking things down. One reason I love movies so much. And I remember learning about Kinsey in school, uh, when I was in college, and they talk about the raids uh, back in the 50s, uh, like raids on gay bars, and I remember when I was 18 and hearing that going, oh my god, that's fucking horrible. This is really morbid, but think back to school, maybe middle school, maybe high school. I remember the first time I heard about the Trail of Tears, I remember thinking, we are the fucking worst. How is that fucking possible that that happened? And it really felt, I, I got that terrible sinking feeling all over again hearing about these bar raids because you know it talked about how if you were wearing certain outfits if you're wearing like more than three pieces of, of clothing in your woman that you'd be put uh, put on the paddy wagon and they talk about how they would profile uh gay men and women and it just breaks your heart to hear luckily everything is perfect now for gay people but i <laughs> but that's just that genuinely just hurt my chest watching that and you see how these, you know, men and women have, you know, have to live li uh, have to live lies just to avoid, you know, being profiled, hurt, killed. Um, there was a scene they show uh, this old uh, this old footage from a detective John Sorensen. He was, I believe, the head of the Dade uh, Dade County, Florida Morals and Juvenile Squad, which is. A horrifying and lengthy name right there and he talked about how a third of you will turn queer and you will be caught and he uh, the, the documentary doesn't cover this but he was quoted once by saying I would rather see my kids dead than for them to be homosexual which is just one of the shittiest fucking things you could ever say and I, I hope yeah, I'm you know I'm gonna keep that to myself, but that just really that really pissed me off. The other thing that was crazy is that um, in the '50s they would print um, the names of people in the gay community and their occupations so get, they could be fired, which is just like yeah that's 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 us that's that's our country. And again, thank God things are, are better, but again, not not as far away from something like that as we should be um uh pat talked about how she uh worked uh, or how um uh, annie pat and annie taylor or, or annie terry pardon me end up working for what was called watson bowler which was a fine interior design company and uh being in the fashion i, I love fashion seeing them in their outfits and seeing how they were very classy women, very professional women. It's, it, it, it felt like, it felt very Mad Men-ish, honestly. I, I know, obviously, Mad Men, you know, copied from, you know, that time period. But it was really cool to see them just in, their, like, their, their, their cute dresses and, like, fashion jewelry and how they really took pride in not just each other, but in their parents and being like, we are professional women. We are in a very unique situation and how we are going to go ahead and portray ourselves you know, to be better than not just the other women in the office, but, you know, the other men. And I, and I found that just really fucking inspiring. Um, 
they talked about in uh, 1948 how the league drew a million people. And I thought that was an crazy, impressive stat. Um, I know I'm going all over the place here, but there's so much I wanted to cover, but I'm going to try to keep this short because I want... This is one of those things I really don't want to spoil for people because there's so much in this documentary that happens that you go, oh, wow, okay. Um, the one thing I will say is that they, they get married. And that's one of the ongoing kind of threads uh, for for the whole movie. Uh, there's this really cute scene where uh, Pat and Terry go visit their friends, uh, Jack and John Bird. And they're just this cute, elderly, old uh, uh, gay couple. And they, are just, they make this like nice meal for everyone. And I'm sitting there going, oh my god, you guys are just so... This is too fucking cute. And... Jack and John kind of ask uh, Pat and Terry, like, hey, when you when you two getting married? And, of course, you know they are going to get married at some point. When they get married, it really reminded me, <laughs> so I'm getting, t- getting, getting teared up here, I, I it reminded me of that, that wedding in uh, Crazy Rich Asians where I just, I was just weeping the whole time. Pretty much once you hear they're getting married, I was like, oh god, oh god, like, I, I just bawling, just absolute tears and i love that the fact that this movie while this is almost a fairy tale romance it does bring the harsh reality uh of not just what they went through but of the fact that you're not every time is going to be all times are going to be rosy they talk about how uh terry is isn't in the best health uh, neither is pat but pat doesn't want to move and diana at a point makes this very emotional very emotional just plea to to pat to stop being selfish and to just you know work with them like let's get you to a nursing home or like an assisted living home because you know like you guys need to be taken care of and it really um that's one of the most most emotional uh scenes in the whole film and i remember just going wow that's that's heavy um I remember, I mean, my, 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 uh, my grandpa, uh, you know, I, we lost him all, uh, to Alzheimer's when I was, oh, I was seven, <coughs> pardon me, eight years old. And I remember, you know, as a kid watching that and not understanding and just being, um, that, that really affected me quite a bit as a kid. And, um, ah, sorry, Whew, guys, sorry about that. Um, but I remember, that whole that whole experience and just watching watching that potential in Diana's plea just absolutely broke my heart but it's a truly powerful scene in the whole documentary I know I'm trying I'm, I'm kind of keeping things vague here but honestly you, you guys need to watch this for yourselves like I'm I'm so not just happy but honored that I'm getting to re- even review this because this is something that yeah, I mean, the year is still early. Who knows what's going to happen with the theaters and, you know, movie releases and all that. But honestly, th- this, I will have to kick something off if, if necessary. I will kick something off of my list to make sure this is in my top ten. I really personally don't see a world where this movie isn't in my top five uh, for, for films of 2020. I, I, thought, I just thought this was masterfully done. Um, the the score, the music is the soundtrack is perfect. It 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 is perfect in a way. I went. 
I wouldn't have changed a note. I wouldn't have changed a song. I wouldn't have changed the way, like, the, the parts where these songs were played. Um, this was just incredibly well done. Uh, this was produced by Ryan Murphy, which is not surprising. I was like, okay, of course Ryan Murphy uh, helped out with this. I mean, pe people talk shit about it, but Glee had a, had a huge influence on the LGBT on the LGBTQ community. And like I said, I know Glee got insane by the last couple seasons. That's kind of a Ryan Murphy thing. Uh, watch Nip Tuck uh, for the last few seasons, but it. But Ryan Murphy does deserve credit for. Not just his longevity, but the fact he's got, what, American Horror Story, I think he's on his, like, 12th season now. I mean, the guy, say what you will about the quality of it, but he knows how to go ahead and keep working and to go ahead and, and represent uh, the, LGB the LGBTQ community in a way that they're not often represented. So, I mean, I, I think he needs to get more props for that, and he doesn't really get it. But uh, Ryan Murphy being a producer on this was not surprising. The one that shocked the hell out of me is Jason Blum of Blumhouse is a producer on this. And you guys have heard me talk about it. Us, Get Out, Halloween, uh, Happy Death Day, Ma. I think Blumhouse is an amazing, uh, what's turning into an institution. I haven't watched Fantasy Island yet. I heard it sucks. I'll watch it at some point. But... Uh, but Jason Bloom, props, man, and I believe this is um, this is in association with Bloomhouse as well. So um, I, I thought this was just perfect. I really don't have a complaint about it. Um, I watched this uh, on uh, uh, May the second, and I was gonna review it last night, but or that night. But I remember going, you know, I'm too emotional. It's too fresh. I'm gonna you know sit and just kind of let it rest and. I didn't even wait 24 hours <laughs> to, uh, to, to review it. I just thought this is beautiful, and and it it really puts in perspective the fact that you know, as cliche as it is, that love is love, and that's really what that should be all that matters. Um, despite what some people will say, um, that should be all that matters. Period. And <coughs> pardon me, I thought this movie just hit on all cylinders um yeah I, I really do not have complaint i was looking for one um the one sister's terrible but i mean as far as the actual complaint about the movie i uh, i don't have one guys this is this is a fan fucking tastic across the board and um uh again the director uh chris bowen this being his first direct uh his directorial debut um if this is his floor oh my god this guy's gonna be an incredible director moving forward so uh, uh i look forward to seeing what he's doing next and uh i will be watching this again uh very soon but uh be prepared to, uh, to cry people um if you're gonna watch this and i know we're all quarantining um at least we should be but um i if don't watch this by yourself uh, do a Netflix party if you need to. Actually, a Netflix party online might actually be the best way to do this because then you can get some tears out, talk about how much you miss each other, how much you love each other. Have it just be an emotional healing type thing. That's what I would do. But, uh, yeah, please watch this. Please support this. Um, anyone, no matter how jaded you are with your love life or just all of this in general, um, this is hopeful. This is uplifting. This is spiritual. Um if you are a member or supporter of the LGBTQ community, you need to watch this. Like this, this is required. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, this is uh, this is like black people in Shaft. You absolutely have to watch this. 
But uh, every, guys, what did you think of A Secret Love? Please let me know what you thought in the comments below. You can go ahead and like us at Facebook at The Real Pineapple. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at JHunterRealPineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at NearmanTheFirst. You can follow uh, Colin on Twitter at TheRealOneal. And please go ahead and like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, and iHeartRadio at The Real Pineapple. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll have reviews up this week for Dead to Me Season 1 and 2. And um, don't forget, uh, June is my birthday month. Woo! So all of June is going to be stuff that I just love that we have not reviewed for the channel yet. So... Uh, just a couple things I know we're gonna review. We're, uh, we're gonna I'm gonna review uh, Batman uh, Mask of the Phantasm because I freaking love that movie. Uh, I'm gonna review uh, Training Day because I reviewed that. Um, gonna review Hot Rod because I love that movie. Uh, yeah, lots of reviews coming up for stuff that I just personally uh, enjoy for my birthday month. So, guys, I know this quarantine's crazy. Please stay safe out there. Take care of each other, and we will talk to you guys soon. Have a good night.